0: Welcome to the St. Matt's 6pm podcast, where you can listen to sermons from our evening service.
1: Hello, um, I'm Abby, and I'm reading the Bible today. We are reading Philippians one, verse one to eleven, mm-hmm. as well as twenty-seven. being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way, about the gospel, that I have found you in my heart. And whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight, so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ, filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus, the glory and praise of God. Verse 27, whatever happens, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Then, whenever I come and see you, or only hear about you in my absence, I will know that you stand firm in the one spirit, striving together as one of the faith of the gospel.
0: Thanks, Abby. Uh, I've been driving cars for quite a while and I've been driving cars long enough to see some significant changes in cars over the time I've been driving. I remember being with a mate, uh, actually, I remember learning to drive in a Datsun 1200. If you don't know what that is, that's what it looked like. Pretty mean beast. We used to call them Dados because that's what you did. But I remember, actually, this particular car I learned to drive in, a mate of mine bought it off my parents. And I remember being with him one day when he owned a car. And we were driving not too far from here, actually, on Pennant Hills Road with a piece of string hanging out the window, the driver was holding it, and it was attached to the throttle underneath the bonnet because the accelerator pedal wasn't working. (laughs) Now, it wasn't one of the smartest things we did, I admit. But my point is that back in the day, you were much more able to be active in the driving experience. Something went wrong, boom, you could do something to fix that problem. But as we move more and more towards autonomous Cars, driving is becoming more and more automated and passive. And the analogy I want to make isn't about what car you drive, right? Just hear that first and foremost. The analogy I want to make is that the same can be true of our spirituality. That, as John said last week, we tend to live in a culture and we tend to idolize comfort, we tend to like that passivity. But the church in Philippi, who we're going to spend some weeks looking at in this letter to the Philippians, were not comfortable. They were uncomfortable. And they weren't passive in their ministry in the gospel. They were active partners in the gospel. When Paul wrote this particular letter, it was around the middle of the first century. And Philippi was a strategic Roman outpost. It was a really strategic city. Acts chapter 16, if you uh, want to get a bit of background into Philippians, read Acts chapter 16 sometime this week. It shows us that Philippi was a place where the gospel had penetrated. And there's some amazing stories that come out of Paul's missionary visit to Philippi. Stories about Lydia and her family coming to faith. Uh, incredible story about a slave girl. And the story of the Philippi jailer and his household who also came to faith. So there's great work for the gospel happening in Philippi. But we also know that Philippi was a place of hostility toward the gospel. We know that Christians were persecuted in Philippi. And we know that at the end of Acts 16, when Paul and Silas left Philippi, they left under pressure. They were essentially shown the door. Here you go. Off you go. See you later. But now Paul writes to these people, some of whom he would remember from his missionary trip to them. He writes to the church in Philippi and he addresses them as God's holy people or the saints. It's a beautiful term. And while it's there at the most, uh, while it's there at the start of most of Paul's letters, It's just worth reflecting on. Perhaps even it could become a meditation for you on what it means for Paul to say that these people in Philippi with all their struggles are the saints of God, are God's holy people. That's how he writes to them. And he writes to them as a church, that is, he writes to them corporately. Our world of hyper-individualism tends to read the word you in the Bible and think it means me right? But most of the use in the book of Philippians are plural. That is, they're talking about the church, the group of people. And I just encourage you as we go through the book of Philippians, if, you, if you're not sure, err on the side of it's probably a plural, not a singular, as we read through Philippians together, because Paul's writing to them as a church. Paul's writing from prison. He's in chains as he writes this. He faces difficulties and the church at Philippi face difficulties. But Paul is encouraged by their faith and he wants to spur them on. Many have said that the letter to the Philippians is a letter about joy because the word joy appears 12 times in four chapters. So it's pretty regular. But I want to say that Paul is not so much writing about joy but he's writing with and praying with joy that's that's his posture in writing he's joyous about what god has done in the philippians and he prays with joy for them if we want to get our head around what philippians is actually about what paul's key idea is then we go to philippians chapter 1 verse 27 which abby read for us before whatever happens conduct yourself in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. Paul knows that following Jesus isn't easy. It wasn't easy for them back then and it's often not easy for us today. Paul knew that persecution thumped, sometimes for them quite literally, on their door. Paul knows that human hearts are drawn to all sorts of idols, not least that idol of comfort. And so therefore Paul knows that God's people, even if they are his saints, his holy people, need encouragement, need to be spurred on, need to be reminded to live a life worthy of Christ, because Christ is worthy. And so that's why Paul writes this letter. At the start of the letter, Paul says that the worthy life is all about partnership. You can see that in verse 5 and verse 7. The word that he uses here is the word that we sometimes translate as fellowship in both verse 5 and verse 7, the word partnership and, and share. And I was tempted to use the word fellowship, except I think sometimes we have this kind of flowery view of fellowship, that it's all about being nice and kind of vaguely connected to each other, having a nice chat or something. And if that's what our view of fellowship is, it really misses the punch of what Paul is saying. And so I think partnership's a better word for us. That's what—that's the essence of what Paul is getting at here, that the Philippians have been in partnership with him. And for Paul, partnership is robust. It's not that flowery type thing. It's it's robust. It's it's like driving a datto twelve hundred with a string attached to a throttle. You're actively involved in what's happening. Partnership requires involvement. Living a worthy life is active partnership. The Philippians were active partners financially. They were active mission partners and they were active prayer partners, and we're going to have a think about those three things. In verse 4 to 6, Paul says, In all of my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. As soon as they heard the gospel, their partnership started, and it hasn't stopped until now, and that's why Paul is so joyous as he writes. Well, they say that the last thing to be converted is the wallet, right? I guess that still works. I was thinking, oh, that doesn't really work so much anymore. People don't carry around wallets. But you probably have an app on your phone called a wallet, right? It's the same thing. Last thing to be converted is the wallet. Money is so hard for us to give away. We are so attached to it in our world. And often my observation, both of my own life and of others, is that it often takes years for Christians to develop mature patterns of Christian giving. But not so with the Philippians. From the first day, they were active in partnership. And we know that from the first day, they were active in financial partnership. If you've got your Bible open, flick over to Ephesians 4.15. If not, it'll come up on the screen. But this is what Paul says to them. In the early days of your acquaintance with the gospel... Not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. What a powerful and long standing partnership the Philippians have had with Paul. One that's been incredibly special and meaningful and encouraging to him because they didn't take years to partner financially, they partnered with him in the matter of giving and receiving from the very start we might be tempted to think well perhaps the Philippians being a strategic town and whatever perhaps they were rich perhaps they were well off perhaps they had the means to be able to partner with Paul like that but 2 Corinthians 8 tells us something different in 2 Corinthians 8 Paul praises the Philippians the Philippian church as part of the general Macedonian church He says this, even in the middle of trials and poverty, you partnered with rich generosity. The Philippian church was poor, yet they partnered financially with Paul for the sake of the gospel. Why? How did they do that? Well, I think that the world-changing message of Jesus so gripped their hearts that it resulted in life-changing generosity. They were so overwhelmed with joy, joy that overflowed from them, joy in Jesus, that they willingly gave of what they had, even while they had little. They had more joy in Jesus than in the comforts of this world. The financial partnership of the church at Philippi is a challenge to us. Recently I've been encouraged by the increase per head financial giving here at St. Matt's and what that says about our partnership in the gospel and you can see that on the graph. It compares uh, per head giving at St. Matt's in 2019 with the Diocese of Sydney, other Anglican churches across Sydney and compares this in 2022 and you can see the increase uh, for us here at St. Matt's and I'm so thankful for that, for the way that we're increasing our financial partnership. But I also want to say that 2023 has been a tough year for St. Matt's, Their 2022 figures. Our 2023 figures tell us that we're behind budget, that we're behind where we were financially 12 months ago and that we've started eating into the reserves that we had set aside for another pastor. We're not in a great place. And your church leadership, I want you to know this, your church leadership is very conscious of the broader financial environment in which we find ourselves. And so with that in mind, one of the things that we've done is we've decreased our Thanksgiving Day targets for this year. Now... I know that St. Matt's is a generous church. Each year over the last five years when we've had Thanksgiving Day, you have exceeded the targets. I know that you're generous. I know your hearts are generous. And so maybe the targets won't make any difference anyway. But we just want to say to you, we get it. We get that it's tough at the moment. It can't always be more and more. It can't always be bigger and better. But we're also conscious, as we know you are, many of you are, of the infinite worth of Jesus, of the utter and indescribable worth of Jesus. And so we don't want to put limitations on what he might do in our hearts, even in tough financial situations. The Philippians were in a difficult financial situation situation yet they partnered with what paul calls rich generosity and so we want to allow god to keep growing our hearts that he might grip us and grow our hearts just like he did the philippians and so that's why we've decided to provide an opportunity for you to say hey i i want to make a one-off gift or maybe i want to increase my regular giving to saint matt's as well and perhaps you can only give a dollar or two Maybe you can give more. The point isn't the amount that we give. The point is that we keep being active in financial partnership for the sake of the gospel. That's the point that Paul is making here, that living a worthy life is active partnership and it's no less than active financial partnership. But the Philippians were also partners in mission Have a look at verse 7. Paul says, whether I'm in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. They share or partner, it's the same root word, in God's grace with Paul. Whether in prison, defending the gospel, or whether he's out confirming it in a bold proclamation, they are partners with him. Now, we've got to understand that this is more than just a hashtag type partnership. You know, It'd be easy for them to say, yeah, we stand with Paul. And that's the extent of their partnership. But their partnership is way more than that. Their partnership is supported with action. And to help us understand, Philippi is not an easy place to be a Christian, particularly not in the first century. There were demonic powers at work. People were antagonistic to the message of Jesus. Paul and Silas, when they preached Jesus, they were beaten, flogged and unjustly imprisoned. Paul urges the church at Philippi to stand firm, not just in words, not just with a hashtag, we stand with Paul, but with action, that they might stand firm as mission partners, being intentional and conscious of how they are involved in mission in Philippi just as Paul is involved in mission throughout the world. Paul urges them to live not just for the day and the comforts of it, but to live for the day when Christ returns, to have their hearts set on that and to live in light of that. The Philippians don't just support Paul, they do support Paul. In his ministry they do stand with Paul But more than that The Philippians worship Jesus They stand With Jesus They witness to Jesus And when they witness to Jesus Their lives are Literally on the line When they speak up When they stand up For Jesus against the powers of their Day they're standing up against Emperor worship So in emperor worship what Uh, the citizens were meant to do was to proclaim caesar is lord but the christians wouldn't do that because they had a different mantra you know what it is jesus is lord and so in stating jesus is lord not only are they saying what you and i might say in saying that that we think he is god he is the one who is worth it all but they are saying the emperor is not lord do you hear what's happening For them to declare that Jesus is Lord is putting them out of any favour or alignment with those that govern them. It was incredibly dangerous for them to do. Yet they stood not just with Paul, but they stood with Jesus. They were mission partners, active mission partners in the mission of Jesus in the place where they lived. They stood not just in attitude, but in action. And I guess they challenge us again in that way. We can too easily get weak at the knees when we want to tell someone tomorrow that we went to church yesterday. Yet the Philippians put their lives on the line day in, day out. They stood for Jesus. How do we make a stand? Not just with attitude, but in action. Who is it that we're being missional with, that we're declaring the truth that Jesus is Lord to, that we're prepared to put perhaps just a bit of our reputation on the line for the sake of being active in mission mission partnership? Whatever happens, Paul says, live a life worthy of the gospel and maintaining active mission partnership is part of how we live that worthy life. Well, the final thing is that partnership between Paul and the Philippians was also a partnership of prayer. Some of you may receive uh, prayer letters from our mission partners and one of our mission partners, Chris and Erin, when they send their prayer letters, they have this beautiful line at the bottom which says this, please let us know how we can pray for you. It's beautiful. I don't know if any of you get their letters and I don't know if you've replied and said, here's how you can pray for me, but I have. And you know what happens? They pray for you and they write back and say, hey, I prayed for you. How encouraging. They don't just want us to pray for them. They do want that and please keep praying for them. But they want to partner in prayer with us. They want to pray for us. They want to pray for us as a church and they do pray for us as a church and they want to pray for us as individuals who connect with them and partner with them in the mission that they're involved in. Like Paul and the Philippians, Chris and Aaron are seeking to be active partners in prayer and inviting us to be active partners in prayer with them. And Paul demonstrates this active prayer partnership in the prayer that he writes and that we find here in this passage he prays that the Philippians love will abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight now we often separate love and knowledge like they're two different and unrelated things but Paul brings them together for the Christian love and knowledge always get brought back together and when they come together look what they develop insight and discernment that's why he's praying that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you'll be able to discern what's best. And that's his prayer, he prays for them, that you will discern what's best, that you will know what's best. This is what active prayer partnership is about, being concerned that we know how to live in a manner worthy of Jesus, that we know what is best. But he goes on and he prays even more for them, He prays that they will be pure and blameless on the day of Christ. What a prayer. What a prayer. Have have a look around the room. Do you pray this for each other? When you see each other during the week, do you pray for each other that we'll be pure and blameless on the day of Christ? What a prayer to pray for each other. As I mentioned earlier in the Philippians booklets, there's a section on meditation and the first three days of those 30 days focus on this passage that we've been looking at. And I would just encourage you to meditate on this prayer for at least one of those days. Maybe you want to do it for all three days. Just spend some time reading over and over and over it and letting God speak to you through this prayer and letting it inform who you pray for and how you pray for people. Because who we pray for and how we pray shows that active partnership that Paul says is part of the worthy life. This ongoing active partnership and worthy life is what Paul wants for the Philippians. But I want you to see something else before I finish, and it's really important. And I want you to take this point through the whole book of Philippians. And you'll find it in verse 6. Notice who Paul has confidence in. He's urging the Philippians to live a life worthy of the Lord, to live a life worthy of the gospel, to live a life worthy of Jesus. But his confidence isn't in them. They need to be active, but someone else will bring the work to completion. Look at what he says. He says, uh, he's confident that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Paul wants them to live a life that's worth it. That's his desire for them. That's why he's writing this letter. But he knows that Jesus will make it happen, that Jesus will do it that Jesus will bring to completion that which he started in them. He knows that Jesus will enable them to be partners financially. He knows that Jesus will provide for them as they do. He knows that Jesus will enable them to stand in mission, boldly declaring who Jesus is to the world around them. And he knows that Jesus will be with them as they do. And he knows that Jesus will pray with them, sometimes uttering the words that they can't utter to his father, interceding on their behalf. Because Paul knows that Jesus is worth all of it and that the good work that Jesus has started in the Philippians, he will bring to completion. And here's what I want you to take home. Jesus will do that for you too the good work that he started in you when you heard and responded to the gospel. He won't give up on. It's too precious. He is worth too much. And so he will work with you. He will bring it to completion as you step into active partnership. As you step out financially, he will provide for you. As you step out boldly in mission, he is with you and he will give you the words to say. And as you step out and partner in prayer, he will go before you. And those times when you can't have words, when words don't come, he will intercede on your behalf. He wants us to live a life that's worth it. All because he is worth it. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are worth everything, that you are worthy of all our praise, that you are worthy of all glory and all honour. Everything belongs to you. Thank you for the joy of knowing you. Thank you for the joy of being able to live for you in this world. Lord, when we've slipped into autopilot, autonomous mode Lord stir us up enable us to step into active partnership help us as we think about finances, mission and prayer that we might be active in all of those that your name Jesus might be listed up that people might see how good you are that people won't look at us and think we're worthy but they'll look to you and see you as the one who is worth it all and we thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are to us. Amen.
1: Please stand and sing.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's sermon. St. Matt's West Bend Hills 6pm congregation is a collection of people who want to be changed by Jesus to have a deeper connection with God, a deeper community with one another, and deeper concern for our world. We'd love you to join us on a Sunday soon. For all the details, check out our website at stmats.org.au and be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss a sermon.